This week marks the final classic collection release and next Monday I'll be returning with the next episode, Series 12. But before the summer draws to a close, I want to share the conversation of a man who became a consistent feature of all our households in 2020 during the pandemic. Yes, that's right. Joe Wicks, who is a testament that there is always space, even in what seems like the most crowded of industries, to build a new brand. This conversation was recorded when we had the Holly & Co Deli. We themed all the food for him on that day. And as you can imagine, the whole team were very excited to see Joe Wicks whizzing down our high street towards the shop on his electric skateboard. It's certainly a day that will go down in Holly & Co history. I do hope you enjoy this episode. Bow your head and let your eyelids close on down where we're going you won't need to bring your frown. I'm Holly Tucker and welcome to Conversations of Inspiration. Back in 2006, I founded Not On The High Street for my kitchen table, and since then, I've gone on to launch Holly & Co. I'm the UK ambassador of Creative Small Businesses, and I believe that having a business doing what you love is the key to a happy, fulfilled life. My dream is to help everybody start theirs. I'm here to offer advice, inspiration, wisdom and encouragement. And in my view, the best way to do this is by sharing stories. So I've reached out to my favourite small businesses, entrepreneurs and those who simply inspire me and ask them to share theirs. Here are my conversations of inspiration. Hi Joe, thank you so much for being in my workshop today. We are very excited to have you here. We have our broccoli on toast, which has been renamed today Midget Trees on Toast in your honour. And the energy and positivity already you've brought in is incredible. So welcome to Conversations of Inspiration. Thank you so much. And I have to say that was probably the <laughs> best sandwich I've ever had in my life. I can't believe this. The olive bread and the hummus and the, and the broccoli, which I often call midget trees, really was wonderful I've never had I've never had a sandwich of midget trees on top so that's my new thing now oh brilliant well you're welcome anytime we've got so much to talk about today but what I wanted to start off was telling our listeners a little backstory as you've been in our world for a little time now but we've never actually met but I remember it must have been six or seven years ago walking through Richmond High Street on my way to Notton High Street's offices and I would always see this guy every day in all weathers flyering for his boot camp called rumble in the park there you were outside richmond station and i had this smaller team at not on the high street and they would actually come to your fitness classes and i know before we were recording you were talking to gabby who's my co-founder and there she was remembering her first time at one of your lessons and it was only her and another person but i know you're going to talk about this later and then suddenly like sort of out of nowhere the joe that i passed every day was suddenly on billboards advertising his lean and 15 and then you were absolutely everywhere and I couldn't believe it was the same Joe that was outside my Richmond station so your success is just one of my favorites and I cannot wait to have the honor of hearing it firsthand so with all that and I hope I've not given too much away but I would love to hear your story your incredibly inspiring story from the little Joe Wicks growing up to the hugely successful businessman who sits before me today what a wonderful introduction it's so nice and I I often forget the journey I've been on 
it feels like sometimes people look and they say you've got all these followers it's an instant success but it was eight years of really you know hard work and going up to turn up to the boot camp and nobody would be there and I would go flying out to the station and I kept repeating that I just had this ethos that I thought if I just come back one more day and come back next week one more person might turn up and it like I said it was Harriet from not on the high street and one day there'd be someone from eBay or Amazon and it was just a really slow journey but yeah I've, I've definitely gone on an amazing journey that I'm really proud of so how far do you want to go back in let's the story? go back to the little boy the little boy who grew up you're on a council estate so I grew up on a council estate between Epsom and Yule my mum had me and my brother really young she left home when she was 15 she had Nikki at 17 so she was um not really you know educated she had me when she was 19 and she was always on the you know I was on the dolls on social didn't didn't really work and she's actually gone on to become a really amazing social worker she, she's gone back into you know study and she's a wonderful inspiration to me but I, I was definitely a very hyperactive kid you would have thought that I was going to end up probably in a detention center or you know kicked out of school but I suppose I always had exercise and fitness and I was very active I wasn't super academic but I always knew in my heart that I'd end up doing something within fitness or something energetic do you know what I mean Mm, yeah and so you took that energy and as you said you didn't have what some people might think was the background that you could have had now you've built such a successful brand but what did you do following that you left school didn't you and you you didn't go straight into your business I was really lost and confused. I did a degree in sports science, came out of university. I thought I was going to become a PE teacher. That was my aim. But after working as a teaching assistant for a few months, I realized I wasn't quite cut out for it. I just thought, this is a tough job. I don't think I've got 20, 30 years of this in me. (laughs) So then I kind of would just go traveling. I'd always find a way to just go on on a little adventure and delay the kind of inevitable of starting a career. And I remember vividly like sitting down looking for jobs and thinking I want to do that but I'm not qualified I've just got this degree that only really allows me to become a PE teacher it doesn't allow me to do anything else so I'd f- I felt really sad during that time really confused so I'd just play Call of Duty on my Xbox or <laughs> I'd go and play football or just go on a holiday and just kind of delay that 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 commitment and that action of actually doing yeah. something yeah so yeah I definitely don't come from an am- ambitious family you know I don't have a long line of successful business people around me my dad's a roofer my mum's a social worker me and my brother Nikki were the first two Wixes to ever go to university. So wow. we kind of broke the mould a little bit. And, you know, my dad was in and out of rehab when I was a kid, so he wasn't always there. But I've always just made the right decisions. I didn't want to follow in those footsteps. I've just been able to make my own decisions and, and create my own life. And I think that's important that no matter what your surroundings are, you have the ability to really take your life in the direction you want it to go in. It's just an amazing story and it's already showing that it's a story of determination and perseverance. Before Not High Street, I had a business called Your Local Fair and it's where I curated small businesses and then I put them under a town hall roof, not the internet at that point in time. And I would too spend every weekend handing out leaflets. That's all I did was just hand out these leaflets, putting them on car windscreens, onto shop notice boards. And if you spoke to me, I gave you a leaflet and it was my understanding that unless I did this it wasn't going to happen so you discovered your passion for fitness and your purpose for helping others feel better and healthier and then just turned everything around for you you combined the two you combined this passion and your belief in with your skill and you created this brand the book started it all though didn't it you got an eight book deal is this right and it's the second biggest selling cookbook of all all time after Jamie and I'm sitting here with you I can't even cope with this what was it like when you saw your books on the shelves for the first time I remember the first time I got a book deal I 
basically went in, I got an email from HarperCollins out of the blue saying, hey, we follow you on Instagram. We think you're wonderful. You're doing really good stuff. Do you want to come and have a meeting and, and you know, talk about a book? And I was like, well, I'm, I'm not really a trained chef. I've never written a book. Anyway, cut a long story short. I ended up getting a literary agent who then took my book proposal to all the publishers and it went to something called a blind auction where they're all bidding for the rights to it. So it was originally a two book deal, but because it went so crazy on, on pre-orders on Amazon, it was just like top of the charts for weeks before it came out. My publisher called me and says, look, we want to secure you for a bit longer. So they gave me an eight book deal. And I remember ringing my mum saying, mum, I've got a book deal. Like I'm going to have a book. And it wasn't it wasn't until I, I saw it on the shelves and my mum, I was with my mum in Kingston once and the bus went past with my face on it. No. And my mum just was like really emotional, really happy. And I just thought, I couldn't Aww. believe that I've, I've gone on, started posting these recipes on my phone. I, I used to live in Surbiton. So I had my iPhone. I'd shout out the window and, you know, in with a Lucy B and that right there is leaning 15. But I had no idea what I was creating. I didn't have this vision. I wasn't ambitious to build a brand and the community and monetize it and sell products. It just came really truly from a passion of just... I'm just having fun. I'm just doing what I love. It's, it's surreal. I can't, and, I, and to compare myself to like Jamie Oliver and Delia and all these amazing chefs, it's, it's mad. I feel like a bit of a chancer, really. So t- just take me back though, because when we left off in that story, you were Rumble in the Park, you were a fitness trainer, you would wake up at crazy hours and you would go to bed at crazy hours and you wouldn't stop. Take me through from actually physically being the trainer to then getting that HarperCollins email. What happened in that little chunk of time? So I would wake up, leave my dad's flat, I was living with my dad and I would cycle all the way with a push bike and a trailer because I've, I've told this story before, but I couldn't afford a van. So I'd load the kettlebells up, I'd load the pads and the TRX and the rope and all that. I'd cycle That's all the way. That's quite heavy, isn't it? Yeah, it was really heavy, but I loved it. I loved, I just felt like I was getting fitter as I did it. <laughs> so I'd leave my house about half five in the morning, cycle all the way to Old Deer Park. Yeah. I'd cross that main road, you know, the big main oh, road, yeah. set up my boot camp. I'd put all the stations out. I'd have 15 stations thinking today's the day that 15 people are going to turn up and nobody would come. You know, and it was really tough and it was it was difficult, but I just refused to give up. So I'd go flyering and in that process of I eventually kind of built my boot camp business. I had a nice steady income, like a direct debit yep. business from that. And then I had personal training on the side alongside it. And then I, just, I started to share things on Twitter and Facebook and eventually Instagram opened up video in 2014. Yes. That was when I had the idea for Lean in 15. So I, I sat there with my phone. I made this really bad recipe, really monotone voice. I wasn't excited. <laughs> I was just sounded really depressed. Posted it, not really knowing what I was doing. And that one idea has gone on to become this huge thing. You know, I've, I've sold three and a half million books and I've reached millions of people because of that one idea. And honestly, the amount of people that said, Joe, you're so annoying. Your voice is annoying. Why are you being silly? Like, get back to your boot camp, you know. But I persevered and, and because of that, I built this wonderful business and this and this amazing community. You then started now this online training program. Can you talk to me about that and our listeners who might not know this the next part of the story? Yeah, so alongside when I was I was doing personal training, boot camps and the social media stuff, but that wasn't a monetized thing. As my community started to build, then I, I realized that there was an issue, which was people were doing the same diets over and over again. Yep. They were struggling with, you know, low calorie, low fat, you know, deprivation diets. So I thought, why not create a kind of online product? And this is my main, my main kind of revenue. So I've got my online product. I've got my books and my Joe Wicks kind of stuff, which is appearances and brand deals. But the Body Coach Online Nutrition Company is tailored health and fitness plans. So it's nutrition and training. You can sign up anywhere in the world. 
And we've had over 300,000 people have signed up to that in, in the past sort of four or five years. And like I said, it, it was insane. I, if, you, if you looked at a graph of my social media following and the sales of the plan, it was almost identical. And so I thought it was just going to keep growing. But as I've learned, you don't have that growth forever. There's just it, mm-hmm. no company can sustain that mm-hmm. outrageous level of growth. Mm-hmm. So it kind of started to settle down, but it's still a really you know successful and sustainable business. And for me now, it's almost a lifestyle business. Like I love it, but it allows me to travel and I can be in different countries and still putting out content. And I have that kind of um, business behind me that can allow me to yeah, be a bit more independent and explore and see the world a little bit. It's interesting. A couple of things there. You call it lifestyle business. For me, it's just a good life company. So this is something that I've created, a terminology to help us stop calling things lifestyle or maybe corporate, you know, serious stuff, whatever um, people start to think about what business is. Because a good life business is something that you want to do for the rest of your life. And it just so happens that you live your life in it and you're running your business within it. So yes, you get to choose your hours or maybe do the different deals that you want to do. But, you know, let's just put it, you're working down hard as well I mean I, I'm seeing your stories at God knows what time in the morning till what time you so you're working so hard and the other thing is is that there is this moment I think you we were just talking before we went on air that you think that with lots of people joining and bigger is better and you know globalization etc etc but along with that I think what you're saying is it's very expensive to start with and it brings something into your organization that might not then allow you to flourish you know Definitely, there's yeah. there's that balance isn't there between I used to call it not in the high street scaling the unique it's a very difficult thing to do you've got all this ambition and you want to scale but what you do is unique and the more you scale almost in a way what happens in life the less unique it becomes is that something that you were finding yeah, I've, I've listened to so many podcasts where companies talk about that, where, you know, investors will come in and it becomes a bit corporate and you lose that element of the passion and the mission, what it truly was in the beginning. I created an amazing culture within my office because I wanted it to be a fun, exciting place to work. And I'm really proud that my members of staff have been with me for three years and it's it's effectively a customer service role. So there's normally quite a high churn rate in that kind of job. But I think I had visions to grow and expand mm-hmm. a lot more bigger and it kind of didn't quite work out, but it's not saying I regret, although it was a massive financial investment, you know, on a three and a half year lease and all the manpower. But I had such a big ambition. I was such a big dreamer that I thought we are going to need all these staff one day and we are going to grow and hit Australia. And we just, I just didn't quite have the international growth that I thought I was going to have. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But yeah, it's, it's been but it could part of the come, journey. You know, I've, it could come. That's the thing. It's like... Potentially, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, you know, you've got a long time ahead of you. And, and I was um, talking to another entrepreneur who talks about the turtle and the hare. And the turtle always wins the race. You know, it's that slow and steady and building a real strong business that is the thing that will last you until however long you want it to last. But going back, I couldn't quite believe the amount of success stories you've created from people using your training plan. I had a look through the ones you post on your Instagram where you post the before and after photos of people and their backstory amazing stories overcoming depression helping people with bulimia anorexia and those who've just had terrible struggles in their personal life being suicidal and so your fitness plans and your philosophy has gone much deeper it must be incredible hearing the stories of the lives you've changed that is without a doubt the fuel that keeps me going that's what keeps me doing instagram stories till midnight and replying to dms and voice notes because that's truly my passion and purpose and i love it and i always say i'm very purpose driven not profit driven you know i've reduced the price of the plan i redesigned the plan and for all the people that signed up before i gave it all to them because i wanted to say thank you for helping me grow the business and so it's little things like that and i want people to know that yeah 
when they become a part of the company or part of the business, like I'm always grateful. I'm really, mm-hmm. really value the importance of just saying thank you to people. And it's been, it's just been phenomenal. I can't believe the testimonials I read from people that have, like you said, overcome whether it's relationship stuff or confidence in roles. I've, I've spoke to so many people that have been dieting for 20 years and they've done my plan. And within 90 days, they feel like a completely different person. So without a doubt, that is what motivates me and that keeps me going. Oh, I, th- I think what I find most inspiring about you is that you have this depth, this huge sense of, as you said, purpose within your business. It's why I sort of know that you're going to have legacy and longevity within your success. You have this talent for motivating, inspiring, teaching, but your purpose is to actually help people feel better about themselves and educating us to eat better. And I know you want to make genuine change that's your real real change has this always been vital to your business and do you believe in order to be successful all entrepreneurs need to have that sort of purpose bigger than simply making money definitely I I think all of my success came down to a genuine passion just to to loving sharing recipes loving knowing that I was helping someone feel better about themselves and not every not every business is going to necessarily have that impact but I just feel like if you really love what you do and you're getting some kind of feedback from people in the real world like affecting families and communities and that's where the most successful companies come from out of that passion of wanting to help people it's very difficult to go in and say and i just want to build an audience and start selling products and that's all i care about because that nowadays with social media people can see through that and i had to learn so quick i went from running a boot camp on my own to having 50 staff within the space of like two years and i wasn't a ceo i wasn't i had no idea about recruitment and hiring and health and safety and HR, you know, all these things. And so I had to really learn, but it's not necessarily my skill set. But what I am good at is communicating with people and making people feel welcome and encouraging them and and being kind of a motivator and making someone create a change in their life. Even if it's like a, Mm. a daily habit of, prepping your meals for work or doing a workout when you get home from the these things that why I'm still succeeding and growing is because everyone can see what I really am about and they can Mm. people are drawn to like motivational people aren't they and Mm. people that are ambitious Mm. so and it's so genuine like you must find it quite exhausting sometimes I I know my currency is inspiring if I can just help inspire one person in a day I feel like I've gone to bed doing a really good day's work but it can be exhausting as well because you do give a lot don't you you give a lot from your soul how do you deal with that or is it do you never get fatigued I'm my own worst enemy so I don't know I'm looking at my phone probably seven hours a day but I spend about two or three hours a day replying to dms and doing voice notes to people so and then when I tell people on my story hey guys I've just been doing those voice notes people go wow like he actually replies to people like it's going to be him so then I get more, more messages and it comes in and then or I'll talk about a motivational thing about my journey and that will inspire people and more, more messages come in so I'm never um I, it, you can never clear your inbox basically but I do have I've got to get better because I'm I'm looking at it all throughout the day like all the time every 10 minutes I'm doing something whereas I'm going to start chunking it into sections and just yeah. smash it out for two or three hours yeah rather than just the whole day is about replying to people but I've got an obsession with engaging I just don't want to lose that engagement and that connection with people I don't chase scale anymore I'm not bothered about having 10 million followers. I want like a really engaged number of followers that I care about and that I can yeah. actually connect with. Yeah. And these well, are the people that will, be, you know, will pre-order your book and will sign up to your plan and support it's, you. It's far better to have fewer loyal fans. You know, and if you can have that tribe, you know, that's the thing, isn't it? You're not looking to really, as you said, you're not looking to scale the unique. You're looking to keep the unique. Yeah. And actually those people, those people who love you will help you do the amazing things that you're going to do because that leads me 
me into your next mission is to help children, teach them how to cook, exercise properly. And we all know that childhood obesity is at an all time high. What are your plans to try and tackle these issues? It's so important. And now I've become a dad to my little baby girl. I just really think it's so important that kids are encouraged to take part in cooking at home and to exercise at school. And so my whole brand, the whole philosophy is fitness for all, anytime, anywhere. And the food thing, it's like, I want to know that I'm, I'm getting... So with weaning 15, for example, that parents know exactly what to give their baby to give them a good head start in life and as toddlers. And so it's that continuum of like getting kids exercising as early as possible. Because if you don't, it's very easy to become a sedentary adult. Mm. And to break that and try and get an adult to exercise mm. when they've never done it is almost impossible. I just think that health and our happiness all comes down to the food we put in our bodies, the exercise we do. And I just think that's what's more important than anything. I mean, it's, of course, it's important to be academically intelligent and be able to read and do maths things and science. But if all the kids are going to come out with mental health issues and obesity and be really sad and be bullied or, you know, what I mean, like this is the problem. This is the crisis that we've got to fix. So that will always be my mission. I always say if I can get one person exercising today or one person cooking a healthy food, a healthy meal, then I've had a successful day. Oh, good. I'm so pleased. One thing as well to know is like this is the most, ex- I think we're living in the most exciting time for business yes, right now. Because agree. You, I mean, take me, for example, like I've just used social media and I had no startup costs and I built this incredible brand and connected with people. And anyone out there with a passion who really wants to, thing is, one thing's having a passion, but you've really got to be willing to work. You've yeah. got to combine two. Because if you, if you get knocked back and you have a bit of self-confidence knocked, then I'm, I'm one of these people that if a door gets slammed in your face, you have to keep knocking on it, keep coming back. And it's that perseverance we were talking about earlier. You can have a great idea, you can want to do good, but unless you're willing to sweat it 15 hours a day, seven days a week, all year, then that's what it takes. And I always laugh when people, obviously we're not on the high street, I would have people going, oh, you know, they run a small business, almost as if it was some sort of lifestyle choice. You know, they just did a little bit here and there and they could just manage to pay the mortgage. I said, are you joking me? It's the hardest job you will ever, ever do. It's the happiest, Yeah. but it is the, it's a bit like parenting. Do you know what I mean? It's like, it's all night, but when they smile at you, you're like, oh, all's forgiven. Speaking of using your platform for good, something that we connected over on Instagram the other day was your post of an independent restaurant in Richmond called Una. I mean, now we're going to talk about them as well. I saw your post and was just blown away by your, I don't know, kindness and support of this local business. Can you tell me the story and why you thought that was important? I live in Richmond and every day I walk past this little restaurant, it's opened up and I was really excited, like, what's it going to be? What's it going to be? And it was because I love my food, right? And I walk into Richmond normally and I go to the bigger chains like your GBK and Wagamama and all that sort of stuff. And every single day and, and every weekend, Friday and Saturday night, it's empty and they have all the tables laid out and all the, and, I, and it just breaks my heart. And me and Rosie kept saying, oh, we've got to go in there and we just put it off and put it off because you judge a restaurant by how many tables are busy, yes, right? Yes, yes. So... We're walking along, Indy's in the buggy and she was asleep and it's raining. And I said, look, let's just go to GBK and grab a quick burger. I walked past the window and there was one table being served. And the lady that obviously owns the restaurant, she looked up and smiled at me through the window. This beautiful smile, this Indian lady, like the most wonderful smile. And I kept walking. And I said, oh, Rosie, she just looked at me like she just gave me the nicest <laughs> smile. Like, I've go got back, to go back. Go I was back. like, come on, let's go back. So we walked about 10 meters and I, something in me just said, no, today is a day. Get We're in that restaurant. It go in there so we, we walked in you know they're really friendly and we found out the, the table that were being served was actually her family so we were the only paying customers in there so Tuesday night we sat down the food took about 20-25 minutes to come which means the chef cares about his food because it really took it took his time 
and it was just incredible. It's like um, Indian kind of Malaysian Thai sort of fusion tapas style. So little sharing mm. plates. Oh, it's really really lovely. I could have been in Zuma, and mm. it's like you just judge a restaurant by its location and mm. and how many tables are. Anyway. They didn't know who I was, didn't ask me to do anything, but I left the restaurant and done an Instagram story and a post saying, look, I've not been paid, this is not a sponsored ad, but this little restaurant, you know, blah, 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 they're always empty, let's give them a little chance. If you want to give them a follow, pop down there in Richmond. Anyway, they they now have a three-week waiting list. Joe. You can't get in there. I mean, I've only just managed to get a table in there. because they're, they're, they're Did you so... not get a golden table? No, there's no there's no plaque or anything. In there. But I said, this isn't about me. The, when I went down the next day, someone sent message saying, it's really busy in there. It's Wednesday night. So I walked down and I literally, I felt so emotional about it. I was so proud that I've managed to use social media to give this family. I mean, they would have gone under. There's no way they weren't even paying their rent. They would have literally shut down. And now that business is 100% on its feet and it's going gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna to smash it. They'll have a chain probably no, no time. They'll have to, they'll, they'll be expanding all over Richmond. And I know not on the high street, they have really nice personalised plaques that we could make for you and you could do something joint, couldn't you? In, oh, in their chain. Oh, it maybe. was found, Yeah, founded by Joe Wicks or highlighted by Joe Wicks. But it wasn't, it wasn't about me getting no, any No, of course, I'm, 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 said, pu- I'm just pulling your leg I, there. I gave I them some, I went and sat with them the other day and said, look, I want to, you've got this, because they had 200 followers, I've got 7,000 followers. I said, you need to keep that engaged and all yeah, that's so the other thing, isn't it? Yeah. Do regular stories and do a gratitude post. Let's like say thank you to all the people that have popped in this week because it's important that you um you put a face to the business and they're and a little family it. and they're so happy and I honestly every I want to see every day I go by is packed. We call it here at Holly & Co, voting with your money from an Anna Lappe quote, which says, every time you spend money, you're casting for a vote for the kind of world you want to live in. But I always implore everybody who can to use local shops, support with, you know, family run businesses, eat in your local independent restaurants, shop from the kitchen table, homemade small businesses. And it will make the world so much more sustainable and ethical and a happier place. Research shows that for every one pound spent with a small business 63p is re-spent in the local area compared to 40p in every pound spent with larger businesses so it just shows you that voting with that money it's actually just goes full circle Hello, I hope you're enjoying this episode with Joe. I adore his grit, determination and vision to succeed. So I do hope you're feeling very inspired. And speaking of inspiration, have you signed up to my weekly email, Holly's Desk Notes? Every Friday, I'll exclusively write to you with what's on my mind, the latest advice from the hub, our business pharmacies on IGTV, as well as anything else that's inspired me this week, from products to experiences and installations. For this exclusive peek behind the scenes email, head over to holly.co and sign up today. Something I wanted to also talk to you about was social media. We we just mentioned its power. It was the reason you became so quickly successful. It was a platform that helped you launch your business and build this huge, amazing community. But I know you've also described it as a hamster wheel of social media. I'd love to talk to you about how it's helped shape your business, but what tips or rules you live by when using it? What are those sort of um, boundaries that you put in? Yeah, that's a good question. And I think I don't I, I really think that every business to what whatever industry it is, you need to have a presence on social media because this is your word of mouth now. This is your you know, referrals, this is your yep. your landing page, it's your it's your shop front. And so I'm very I'm I'm without doubt 
totally 100% addicted to social media. I love the transformations, the testimonials, the people I'm impacting and I'm still so engaging. I've obviously got um, my little cousin Luca does my social media community so he looks after the platforms and channels but I still very much do a lot of work, mainly sort of voice notes because I think people don't even think I'm going to reply. So when I send a voice note it means so much to them. But you do have, I think for me now I've got to start implementing a bit more of a yeah, like a, a, a focused time where mm. this is my work time, this is my family time and don't just integrate the social media 24-7 throughout the day because that's when it sucks all the energy out of you. Also, people will expect it from you. You're almost like it's a great thing, isn't it, that you're giving back and you're giving all this time that you could be with your daughter, let's say, at night and you're doing that voice note. But at the same time, as you, I think you alluded to, the more you give out, then the more people are hopefully wanting to receive your voice note and there's only one of you joe there's only one vessel here sitting in front of me that can it can't be expanded much more and they do the more you send voice notes then they become your friend and then they'll put i mean i get some really intense stuff like people that are going through really tough relationships or you know eating disorders and i'm i once Mm. i've replied to them once i can never ignore them i can never Mm. go i replied to that one because they asked about the plan or they asked about they Mm -hmm. bought my book but i can't i'm not like that i have to always reply always engage always say thank you and i think gratitude goes a long way but in terms of your social media you need firstly you need to be on all platforms you need to be consistent because you're battling with this algorithm that if you don't put up consistent stuff there's someone else that's doing it and they're going to float to the top of people's news feed so consistency is important but also that i know it gets banded around all the time but authenticity like if you're real and you're genuinely a nice kind loving person then you can come across on social media and people will know that if it's all about your ego and about likes and about you making money then you won't go very far and that's why there's not many people in the uk in the fitness industry with 2.5 million followers do you know what i mean so Mm. it's only people that truly care and that really really put people first really stand out and Mm. have a massive audience and, Mm. and that is important really you don't do too many personal posts or too many selfies is that a rule that you've created are you trying to protect some stuff in your life I used to be really private in terms of with Rosie in India. I wasn't sharing as much, but I realised just how much I love them and I can't stop talking about them sometimes. But in terms of my own account, I always just find that my Instagram account is like, if you land on it, I want to be able to inspire you and give you some motivation, but also like, what can it do for you? Is it If it's just about me doing selfies and showing how ripped I am all the time, which I'm not right now because I've been lazy, you know, it's about helping other people get in shape and help, yeah. you know, real, real transformations from real people and, it's definitely it's never been about ego for me you know it's about Mm. giving people some valuable content that is going to help them either cook a recipe or go and do an exercise and just change their mindset i'm really into the whole mental health and mindset Mm. thing i don't keep i I don't really mention go and do this workout to burn fat you're going to feel good and lose weight Mm. i'm like you're going to feel energized you're going to feel productive Mm. it's going to allow you to be more patient and and Mm. be a better mum or dad and there's so Mm. many different things attached to exercise that people don't really talk about yeah yeah so i'm really i'm really surface level that they talk about isn't it it's always body image yeah yeah, but mentally and from sleep and your digestion it all comes down to the food we eat i think what slightly frustrates me about social media is it does encourage a certain level of ego and don't get me wrong I love a selfie as much as the next person but what I really love about your Instagram is that you can tell as you said it's there to educate inspire and shine a light on others Um, it's what I'm trying to do with my own it's if that post that you're posting can actually have a ripple effect and it's not about shining the light back on yourself and I do feel we've gone slightly down a route haven't we of this sort of shiny glam perfect images 
Jones um, six pack, even though I'm talking to you. But instead, you stay in authentic. You tread this sort of careful life of your personal posts and your business posts. And I know a lot of small businesses feel like they might have to give everything to their feed. Do you think that it, it is about creating an entire brand? So you have to be fully immersed within it? When I look around at the people I think are succeeding and smashing it in business and life, I think they are very much personality-driven brands. I think yeah. it's difficult for corporate brands to kind of, well, you know, some corporate brands get it right. But I think when you look at people like Jamie Oliver, for example, he's, he's a good example in the sense that he's still relevant today. He still sold a million books last year with that five ingredients book. He still cares about people. You know, and it, when you're someone that's passionate, that passionate, it is easy to stay relevant and in the public eye and within, you know, business and have an opportunity well, you're not waiting for a department are you to tell you what to do yeah and some sort of strategy you're just straight there and i think yeah i think it is difficult for big corporate commercial brands to kind of have that i just think if you can have a face in front of a brand but also at the same time for me it's hard to ever expand because i'm so it's, everyone relies on me so much it's hard to kind of i can't i've tried getting people on my youtube channel and different trainers but they just want to come back to me because they're so used to what i'm doing so oh, it's kind of like yeah you got to try and balance it out, really, that, yeah. Isn't it interesting? It's interesting because I tend to think about it where the future of social media is going, and I like to try and sort of future-proof business. So when I'm talking to businesses, I sometimes ask, "So if there wasn't any Instagram, what would you do?" I'm not going to ask you that, but it is a good thing to think about because do you have a strength behind um, just one route to market? What do you think the future holds for social media? Because I know we're seeing a shift in the way people are using it, especially since the days, let's say. You you started out where do you think it might go I'm seeing a lot of people now like and even myself and, lo- and friends of mine that are kind of turning their back on it a little bit because we've all become so obsessed and and, and so connected and just plugged into the you're literally plugged into the Facebook and Instagram algorithm by posting and reviewing and watching and absorbing content so there's going to come a point where we just go enough's enough I just want to go back to what it used to be like with a Nokia 5110 and I could just text my friends and ring my friends I do I do think it will come because it's just not productive use of our time like but that's so interesting you say that from your business being within social media do you think that that's more that actually maybe some of the weaker brands will fall away because of it and maybe brands with a purpose or brands with a face that you believe that you feel like you have a you enhance people's lives so I hope that even if we go back full circle there is still place for people who are trying to do good. I don't think uh, it's never going to, social media will never go, it will never disappear. But I think our usage, our okay. screens, our, our screen time can't, we can't peak. We can't get any more screen time in a day. Because if you think we're looking at our phones and we've got our laptops and our TV, what I mean is eventually we'll still have social yep. media and still use it. But people will be much more like, I'm just going to do it for an hour a day. And yes. I think because it's just too, the way we're doing it is scrolling on the bus, on the toilet. I don't remember the last time I just let my brain just think, you know. But what I'm doing now, when I go for walks of Indy, I know sometimes I, I story it, but my most wonderful walks, when I leave my phone at home and it's me, Rose and Indy, and so eventually we're all going to go back just to a little bit more of that, just alone time and not being connected to your device. Yeah, I, I, But there'll always be social media. You, you yeah. need to always focus on that. And I think the reason I've... I've got a community because I've built a community. We're so disconnected, aren't we, from mm-hmm. people now that you're going to have to go back to looking after other people. I agree. Something I feel passionate about is to help small businesses and mentor them and guide them. And it's creating a strong, lifelong brand. And I feel that brand is the 
value of a business. You know, brand is your main asset. It's this sort of invisible diamond that you have to sort of protect and shine. And actually, I always say to the founders, you hold on to that diamond. Don't let anyone else touch it. You know, keep that core, what I call sort of life force of your business and and just make sure that you protect it. You must have so many opportunities given to you or proposed to you. How do you stay true to your brand and what collaborations then do you pick? I really like that analogy of keeping that diamond close and looking after because it is if you lose sight of that and you just take everything you get thrown at you is you can really lose that special you know gem that's inside and it can all just come crumbling down so I'll tell you a story recently this is this is a true story I just walked away from a two million pound deal with a supermarket because when the supermarket came to me and they said we're going to guarantee you a million pounds a year for two years and that's the minimum they guaranteed they said to me, right, this is the product. It was microwave dinners. It was throwing the wok, ready meals and all this stuff. And I sat down with my brother and I was like, I've just spent five years telling the world they can cook, they can find 15 minutes. And that's life changing money for me. And it, was, it wasn't a hard decision because I just like, I protect my diamond, like you yep, just said. Yep. And just, just knowing instinctively that I could not come out on my channel and say, hey guys, guess what? I've got new ready meals out in the supermarket. You can bang them in the microwave for two minutes. So I, I walked away from that deal and, and I don't regret it. And I then went and thought, right, how, what can I do in, in a, in a, to replace that and do something different in the food space? So I partnered up with Gusto, which is this amazing company. I've seen, it's brilliant. I've still been called a sellout. This is the thing, it, it is upsetting when people go, sellout, you're just cashing in. Like, if only they knew that I, I turned down all these deals every day. You know, brands. Oh, like- but they're looking for the weak spot. They look for the weak spot. But I, I hear it's bloody annoying. You know, there you are. You've got all of this going on. It's invisible to absolutely everybody. You make the right decisions for them, and yet now you're a sellout for doing something. You'll that always actually, get it. Yeah. yeah. But go on. It. Tell me. Keep telling about so that. So the Gusto thing. This. It's amazing company, and they've got a very similar mission to me, which is they want to get families cooking at home healthy food. So all you're doing is removing the supermarket from it because it's it's a box of all the ingredients, all the all the portions measured out, and it's one. Wonderful. I mean, I was a customer for six weeks before I got involved, but I actually contacted them and said, look, I've got a new book coming out, a veggie book. Can I put some of my veggie recipes in your boxes to promote the book? It was just a, honestly like a fleeting kind of meeting. We met the CEO. I told him I was a fan of the company. It became much bigger conversation. So I'm an ambassador, but I've also invested some of my own money in the company because I want to be involved for the long term. And I love it. it. It really is a game changer. Like I'm, I'm always talking about it on my Instagram and there's that fine line of I, I've got to show people that I'm cooking my own recipes, but I, I really am cooking four recipes a week from Gusto. Mm. So yeah, I can I can be proud of that partnership. It's mm. it's part of the mission. It's still... But you had to walk away from what you said is life-changing money to protect that diamond, mm. to protect the thing that you know you're going to be reliant on yeah. for many, many years ahead of you. And I just think who not many people would be able to say no because they'd be like, I need that such big money. But I know that I want to be around in 15, 20 years' time. Mm. I want to be like Jamie Oliver, someone who's mm. still really respected and well-known. If mm. I had done supermarket meals, mm. ready meals, you mm. all credibility mm. would have been gone. Mm. And, I, and, I, and so I made the right decision and I, I stand by it and I'm, I'm proud of the Gusto thing. That, that, so coming back to the partnership things, I get offered, you know, will you promote our new low-calorie vodka? It, 100 grand for two posts. When I go out, I drink gin and tonic and cocktails. I don't drink low-calorie vodka. I don't care what, what calories in your vodka. So it's things like that I just refuse to even get involved in. Mm. But if I relied on that revenue and that mm. income, I'd probably be like, oh, maybe I should do a few of these a mm. year. But I'm, I'm, vo- I'm very fortunate that I've got the online business mm. and I've got the books that sell in high volume because mm. it's hard to make money from books. Not many mm. people do. No. and But we're going back to, aren't you? You built a strong foundation. You've got the scaffolding for the rest of your business. But, you know, that's probably the more sustainable business model. Definitely. Definitely building businesses and, you know, owning the IP around your products and your, your brand is so important. I mean, I've... 
I'm having really amazing conversations now with like Disney, like the biggest company in the world want to work for me because I'm the guy in the UK, the face of like school's fitness and health and I'm not promoting vodka and doing it. I mean, if, if I had done any other decisions, I wouldn't be having these amazing yeah. conversations with yeah. these really amazing brands. So you have to have a long horizon, a five, 10 year vision, not just yeah. like, I need to make a hundred grand this year. I can make 200 grand if I do those deals and sign with an agency. Like, I just yep. don't think it's got sustainability long term. So if you can own your own business and your own platform or your own you know, database of, of clients, then that is going to be way more valuable than just relying on Instagram or social media to give you brand partnerships. Because one day you're not going to be as hot as you are now. Well, we're touching on branding. My favorite Joe Wicks fact is that you increase the sales of tender stem broccoli, hence your lunch today by 25% in the UK. I couldn't believe this when I heard it. It goes to show the sort of power of social media and good. And is it because you renamed the midget trees? How did you know that fact? The fact came from the, the trade magazine for the grocery industry. It's called The Grocer. And The Grocer published an article saying that when from the from the day my veggie lean 15 book came out i had a lot of i had a lot of recipes in there with tender stem broccoli and i would say in with the midget trees you know just messing around <laughs> and sales went up in the uk by 25 percent. so that's a lot of money for these companies oh and these God. industries and i was really proud of that but i i definitely wasn't an investor i wasn't behind it or anything it wasn't like a big marketing thing i was just calling it i was just saying because they do they look like yeah, little tiny do. trees and so it was just me being silly but yeah it, it was a good example of you know people just finding something funny trying a recipe and it lifting that category in that in that in that product space i'd love to touch on a quality that is easy to say but shattering to do and i believe it's fueled my own success which is perseverance i know many would see you as this overnight success but i personally obviously saw that hard work and that dedication you not giving up not giving up on people what kept you going in those early, cold, rainy mornings when no one was coming to your classes for people listening who are going through that stage of launching their business? You remember it. I remember it. These are the most darkest, darkest times. What would you say to somebody who's going through that? I really remember just feeling I, like I, I can't remember a moment when I said this is when I became determined or this is when I had ambition or this is when I started to set goals. I just didn't like the thought of just giving up. I thought if I do give up, if I get upset and just go straight home and don't go flying today, there's no way another person's going to come next week. You have to go and do something. And so it was just something in the back of my mind for, Joe, you want to be a success. You don't want to go and work for someone else. You don't want to work in a gym. You want to have your own business. You want to be, you know, own your own time and design your own lifestyle. So I knew my only option was to work for myself. And I think when you expose yourself and you seek discomfort, I always say seek discomfort to achieve what you really want. You co- it's not going to come easy. Like nothing comes easy. And you know that from starting a mm. business. And every time you start a new business, it's going to be really quiet. No one knows about it. But you keep talking about it, amplifying it. And I just believe in just keep going back, keep flying, whatever it may be, you, you know, just and, and not give up. People just I, it makes me sad that people give up on their dreams so easily. People might have a really good idea, really amazing business idea or product, but they get one no or a couple of rejections and they lose all self-confidence and then their limiting beliefs kick in and they're done and they are Mm -hmm. destroyed for the rest of their life. They never come back from it. You can't be like that. You have to be a winner. You have to come back and say, I'm going to take the rejection. I'm going to learn from it. I'm going to evolve. I'm going to adapt and I'm going to come back and be even more positive and even more determined because that's when people really start to take notice when you're like the guy that just doesn't give up or the, the woman that doesn't want to say no and just keeps coming back. It's powerful. But you've had the knocks, right? You've had, you must have a lot of noise that can be negative 
pushed towards you have you i don't know yeah i mean mean, well like in the early days so nobody would come and people on social media was like this guy's annoying why is he talking to fruit and vegetables why an idiot you know there's no money in books people you know someone said to me there's no money in books why are you doing it just do an ebook do a digital book like do a 10 pound downloadable thing and i said well i've got this book deal and you know i went on to sell like over three million books so you can't be disheartened by other people and even now i'm realizing that people just don't like you being successful People want you to do well, but they don't want you to be too successful. They don't like it. Do you think that's a UK thing? Definitely. Because in America, you know, our American counterparts, you know, you go along and I've heard, you know, people are successful. They are like, well done you. Yeah, well done they you. Believe it, yeah. Do you know what? You must have worked so hard. Congratulations. But sometimes, and I've certainly had my own experience, not from the people in my community or the people that I love, but outside of that, who are right ready to knock you down they're just they're just ready literally you walk out and they just want to go clonk most of my so most sentiment on my channels is positive but the negative is always other personal trainers and i always used to, i used to find it really upsetting i'd really let it affect me but now i realize that's just their frustrations and it is hard being a personal trainer it's really tough growing a business it's hard to grow on social media so whereas i used to react and get a bit upset now you I know now, it's their I'm, problem. I'm more understanding and i'm like I can imagine what it's like being a personal trainer setting up for the first time, how difficult it is. And so I never respond and retaliate. And I even try and mentor people. I DM people and say, look, this is what I would do. This is what Mm -hmm. I've been looking at your Instagram. I like to give people feedback and... And so it's always important to, re- you know, reach out. If you, if you want advice, you know, keep asking. People will, get back, people will get back to you. Someone will. And ignore those who just want to take you down. Because as you said, that's because they're setting up on a cold, rainy day. They're having a really shit day. And actually, they're going to beat you up because of that. Yeah. And I think that's what we've got to always remember. It's their own monologue that is making them react that way. And it's not because of it. And it's, it's, a, it's an art, isn't it, to learn how to protect yourself and to not let it come into your heart or affect Definitely. you. Definitely, because it can be one one comment can, you know, some of the other day I, I obviously did the Una thing, just it was this amazing, wonderful, warm response from everybody and the support they got. But one guy was like, you're still a sellout. Don't just do one good deed and think you're the man. And It really, it hurt <laughs> me for about 10 seconds. I was like, just chill out, Joe. Imagine all the nice things people have said. But as humans, we always tune into that really yeah, negative, spiteful comment. And it riles you for a little bit and you go, just have a little breath and then be like, no, it's fine. I'm going to focus on the nice messages that came in today. But that is something I've taught myself as I've evolved. I've yeah, grown you up have a little to bit. now with social media, don't you? One of my final questions is, what do you see the future? Do you plan the next decade in your mind? And what's that journey going to look like? I'm really short term with my vision and my, I kind of live for today. I'm like, what am I doing today? Am I happy today? You know, maybe I think about next week or a few weeks, but I'm not someone like, who's got this schedule and things planned out for years in advance. I, I like to have a little bit more movement and flexibility in my life. But one thing I do know is this schools thing is the start of something big. This is going to create real change. And I think it's what I'll be remembered for in, in the future. Because I won't always have abs. When I lose my hair and I get a big belly, I'm not always <laughs> going to be this fit body coach guy. So I've got to you know, keep the mission going and just keep working and doing everything I can really to help people. Everything for the tummy. Everything for the flabby tummy. You've got to prepare for that moment in time. I think that's a long, long way off. I end all my interviews with this analogy, and you know this, that running your own small business is like being on some seriously crazy, you've come with this electric skateboard. So you're like on this electric skateboard going up and down hills. Tell me what your What's been one of your lowest moments on this on this business journey? My lowest moment has probably been around staff and people and, and, and kind of seeing people I really care about leave the business because 
I had like a good friend of mine, Ted, and, and a really amazing general manager. And what it is within the company, it's quite a flat company. There's not a lot of progression. So I had to see people that really helped me stabilize the company and help me, you know, put really good processes in place and help me grow it effectively. Because there was no next step, they moved yeah. on. So I always, I always find that really difficult. I, I, I find that I care about people a lot. I'm not some ruthless CEO that just like has no emotion. I, I'm, I'm more about relationships and friendships. And so that was quite difficult, I think. And I definitely think the hiring and firing kind of thing. It's not that I've hard, actually isn't it? had to, yeah, do do much of that because John, Johnny Martin was my the manager, but it is. I, I just I care about people so much that I find it very emotional. I can't separate like emotion from this is business and this is what we've got to do so um you have this one life don't you this thing that you've built and so when people are entering it it matters to you yeah and that's why they're probably really good people for your business you know but it is tough isn't it it's this yeah it's retaining good people yeah yeah, because if they're ambitious and there's not another step for them then they're gonna it's it's hard to get them not build the next step for them to keep them when that's probably not right for the business it's it's always a difficult one and tell me on the opposite of that what's been one of your greatest highs the greatest high for me probably has been the day i did the world record for the world's largest hit session in hyde park this was this is in the guinness world record so i went from you know running these boot camps with nobody there and then I looked out and I was on the top of the stage at Hyde Park at British Summertime Festival and there was four and a half thousand people oh my goodness. doing burpees and squats and lunges. <laughs> and I felt really emotional. I felt proud. Like I had my mum there and my, my brother and all my family were there. And it just, it made me realise that I've just gone on this massive, you know, full circle. And yeah. I'm really doing what I wanted in the beginning, which is like just getting people exercise and happy and bringing people together. So I ended up achieving my goal. So you're in the book? Yeah, I'm in the 2019 Guinness World Records. There's a little photo in the beginning, yeah, it says... That's another plaque you've got to have. I've, well, they well, have, yeah, many, they've, I, they've oh, sent me a plaque oh, for that. Oh, you've got a plaque, sorry, I can't, I can't do that. I've got a plaque for that, and the only other plaque I've got is for my one million copies sold of my um, Lean in 15 book, because there's only a couple of books I've ever done that, so they sent me a plaque. Oh my God. Is it, like, up there with the Jamie's, the Harry Potter's? It's basically, like, yeah, it was J.K. It was Fifty Shades of Grey, J.K. Rowling and my book were the, first, were the first three books that got a million copies in that year or something. Just that. Just that. Thank you so much, Joe, for your incredible words of wisdom. Um, I just want to say a massive, huge congratulations. You just thoroughly deserve it as a human being. You are going to change the world. You're going to help so many kids. I feel like I'm sitting with another Jamie Oliver, not doing the same thing, but that same level that you are going to build something that's going to have this lasting effect on all of us and all of our children. Your energy, enthusiasm, this is just going to keep me topped up for weeks, definitely. And I hope that you'll come back and I can give you more midget trees on toast and things. So huge congratulations and we're just properly lucky to have you in the world thank you so much but i end all my interviews with this special moment where i've asked my guests to write a letter to their younger selves and i just can't wait to hear what you'd say to a younger joe wicks i have a feeling i might need some tissues i'm nervous about this now because when i ever whenever i tell my story have you seen my graduation speech where i talked to the university i I cried myself to sleep last night i always end up i always end up well anyway i'm trying not to get emotional but i want to read my letter so this is you wouldn't be the first this is a letter to myself when i was 25 years old and i was on a bicycle trip in america running away so dear joe you're 25 years old and you're running away You're not actually running, but you're on a bike cycling down the west coast of America with a tent, a sleeping bag and a camping stove. You're living the dream on the surface, 
seeking adventure and having fun, but underneath you're feeling lost, confused and struggling to find your direction in life. You keep telling yourself you're experiencing a quarter-life crisis and the only way to deal with it is to keep running away. You don't know who you are or what you want to become. You wake up some days feeling a cloud of sadness over you. The reality of settling down or committing to a career and relationship scares you, so you avoid it at all costs. You're not quite ready for it and you don't really believe in it yet. You keep buying time by labouring with your dad or working in a bar to save a few quid, just enough to book a flight out of town. The cycle continues. I want you to know that this feeling of being lost, sad and confused will pass. One day you'll make the decision to commit to starting something. You'll complete a personal training course. This will be the start of a journey to something bigger than you could ever dream of. You'll go on to find your purpose in life. You'll grow to be ambitious, passionate and determined. You will help millions of people around the world become healthier and happier and this will make you happy every single day. You won't let your limiting beliefs hold you back in life. You'll learn from your mistakes and evolve into a man fully capable of committing to love. When you do, you'll become your true self. You'll become a proud dad to a beautiful baby girl and experience true love. You'll value your family and friends and never lose sight of your mission to help others in life. Keep believing in yourself. Keep flying. Keep turning up. Keep posting your recipes and keep setting goals. One day you'll realise you're capable of achieving anything you want. Just remember these three important principles to live by and you can't go wrong. Work hard, have fun and be nice. <laughs> That's it. Oh, you are so nice. You are just so nice. I wrote and... that last night before bed. I was listening <laughs> to a few and I thought, oh, how far back do I go? You know, but I thought 25, this is when I was at my, mo my most sort of confused and lost. And I think a lot of people hit that age, they come out of you and they feel like mm. that. But it is, you know, don't worry, you're going to get through it and you'll be happy one day and you're going to find your purpose. I know so many people at exactly that age that you're talking about and it makes me so sad when I see so how sad they are that they don't know where they're going. And just by hearing your letter that you were in exactly that same position, you were running away and you are here now and you are doing exactly what you say on the tin and you're just this beam of goodness and happiness and kindness and i'm just thrilled to know you now thank oh, you thank Joe. i've had such a lovely um afternoon with you and i will definitely come back thank oh, you so much for having you. me as a guest on your podcast Big kiss. lots of love if you've enjoyed this episode please rate and review it on whichever platform you've listened i'd love it if you could spread the word by sharing this episode across your own social channels empowering even more people to build a life they love Thank you.